0: On this podcast, I profile people who have changed history and culture, and all these people had one thing in common. They were all gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender. My name is Frank Howard, and welcome to Gay of the Day. There are a few openly gay actors in cinema. Ian McKellen, Ben Whishaw, Matt Bomber, Luke Evans. But they are all character actors. The fact that they are out and continue to be employed is, of course, a big step in the right direction. But their names usually appear third or fourth down the cast list. Only Luke Evans has flirted with leading man status. When will an actor with the box office cloud of a Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, Brad Pitt, or George Clooney be out of the closet? Can a leading man be out? When will a lead in romance or action movies live openly as a gay man and still be a star that people pay to see, When? Well, it already happened, 70 years ago. Today's gay was the first openly gay actor to become a matinee idol and swashbuckling hero, and the public didn't give a damn that he was queer. Actor Jean Marais. in Cherbourg, France his father left the family when Jean was 11 his mother suffered from mental issues and was often in jail for shoplifting leaving Jean and his brother to fend for themselves at age 14 Jean showed up for school one day in full drag entered his classroom and sat in the front row he was hot for teacher and hoped that this stunt would succeed in seducing his professor. It only succeeded in getting him expelled. He then eked out a living selling his paintings on the street and taking acting lessons at night. Marais eventually won a tiny role in some play... One night, film director Marcel Lurbier came to see a performance and was gobsmacked when the beautiful, blonde-haired, blue-eyed Marais swaned on stage. Lurbier cast Marais in a small part in his upcoming film, but the movie led to no other roles. Growing restless, Marais set his sights on Jean Cocteau. More on Jean Cocteau, one of the greatest artists of the 20th century, at a later date. Cocteau was, at that time, one of the most famous artists, authors, film directors, and gay men in the world. Marais went to see an exhibition of Cocteau's drawings one night and decided then and there that he would seduce Cocteau with the aim of furthering his own career. He did seduce him, and within days, he was staying at Cocteau's place. A funny thing then happened to Marais. He had callously entered into an opportunistic sexual relationship with Cocteau. Then, according to Marais, to his surprise, within ten days, he had fallen madly in love with him. Marais would remain his devoted partner for years to come. Mallet found happiness, and Cocteau found his muse. For the next twelve years, they were the gay it-couple of the art world. Arm-in-arm at public events, giving interviews together, even appearing in glossy magazine spreads shown in Tender Embrace or relaxing in bed together at home. Their casual outness was remarkable, considering this was the late 30s and early 40s. They weren't making some grand statement about gayness, they were just a couple... A famous couple. Their love for each other invigorated both of their careers. Cocteau became even more prolific during his years with Marais, writing plays and film scripts for Marais to star in. What resulted from their collaborations was a series of films that are unqualified masterpieces. In the 1940s, Marais starred in six films directed by Cocteau, The Eternal Return, Beauty and the Beast, The Eagle with Two Heads, The Terrible Parents, Coriolan, and, most significantly, Orpheus. These films are towering works of art, and they would not exist if Jean Cocteau and Jean Marais hadn't fallen in love. Their relationship, though stormy at times, was a blissfully happy one. By the time of Orpheus, they were no longer a couple. The split was amicable, and the two remained best friends until Cocteau's death a dozen years later. In the 1950s, Jean Marais became a huge international film star in much more commercial fare than his films with Cocteau. A leaning man in swoony romances and epic technicolor swashbucklers. All through this, he was still openly gay. Showing up at the premieres of these films with his new significant partner, American dancer George Reich, on his arm. Guess what? No one gave a shit that he slept with guys. People flocked to see his movies. Men wanted to be him and women fantasized about him. Sure, this was France, but French nonchalance aside, this was a first in the movie business and a personal triumph for Marais. In the early 60s, when Marais was still drawing crowds at the picture palaces, Cocteau died and a grief-stricken Marais wrote two candid books about his former lover. The first was the inconceivable Jean Cocteau, and the second was simply titled Cocteau slash Marais. In one of them, he writes, quote, I bitterly regret not spending all of my life serving Cocteau instead of worrying about my career, End quote. He worked well into his 80s. His last film was for Bernardo Bertolucci in 1996. So, back to the present. Could Marais have made the same impact in today's cinematic landscape? Probably. But it would take someone as brave, if not as French, to prove that assertion. And we have not yet found him or her. Not yet. Today's game, actor Jean Marais. Game of the Day's theme is composed and performed by SWIK, that's C-W-I-O-K. My name is Frank Howard. Thanks for listening and see you next time.